Amen? Because God is able. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, tonight we're going to get right into our devotion. We have somebody who's not done a devotion yet in the time that we've been doing it. He is our men's director. Would you please welcome Anthony Kernut? How's it going? It is, it is an honor to step behind this pulpit and deliver the word of God always. Um, you'd think that doing this every Thursday, I wouldn't be as nervous as I am, but I am, so just bear with me. Um, let's, let, let's start off in prayer. Holy Spirit, we come to you, and I ask you to, to breathe into me your word and what you would have for them tonight, Lord, that you will speak through me and that I will be a vessel and let their ears and their hearts take in what you have to say in the name of Jesus, amen. So tonight, I want to, um, I want to talk about a worldview. Um, first off, what is a worldview? A worldview is a perspective on the way that we interpret the world. Um, George, uh, George Barna put it like this. He said, it, concerning a biblical worldview, he said, a biblical worldview is a means of experiencing, interpret, interpreting, and responding to the reality in the light of a biblical perspective. So if your worldview is, is different than that, you can fill in that blank, whatever that is. A worldview is, is many things. Um, of course, we want a biblical worldview. That's, that's our goal. But, um, you know, so you, you may ask, why, why on a Wednesday night? You know, here we are, the, the, the people who are in this room would mostly be considered solid Christians. Uh, you know, Wednesday night, people are here. That you're, if you're here on Wednesday night, it's intentional. Um, and the reason why I chose to speak about a worldview tonight, Barna Group did a survey a few years ago a worldview survey where they, they surveyed practicing Christians, okay? So I want, I, want to, I want to make sure that everybody understands what I'm saying. They, they surveyed practicing Christians, okay? People who go to church, people who believe in Jesus. 17% had a biblical worldview. I'm gonna let that sink in for a minute. 17% had a 100% biblical worldview. I don't know about you guys, that's heartbreaking. It is a pandemic inside the church is, is what it is. And it is us who have to realize of what it is and recognize it so we can deal with it. One of the major problems inside the church that is affecting the church and considering our worldview is postmodernism. So if you don't know what postmodernism is, you can Google it and they can give you a big old long explanation, but I'm gonna give you the short version of it. The short version of it is reality is a mental construct, okay? So basically, reality is however you perceive it. 
what, how, however that is, it'll tell you things like this. It'll tell you that all truth is relative, that nobody can really know truth. It'll tell you that there is no such thing as absolute truth, of course, because in postmodernism, truth is a mental construct. It is something that just the way that you perceive it is, is your truth. What's true for you is okay, and what's true for me is okay. Now, you, you may say to me, now, Anthony, that doesn't make any sense. You know, here we are, we're inside a church, we know that there's truth, and, you, and you're right. It doesn't make any sense. But that's not how they feed it to the church. That's not how they deliver it to you. That's not how they package it. What they do is they put it in your colleges and in your schools and in your TV shows, in your movies, in the music that you listen to. They suddenly put all this stuff in there. And we're told, we're told that if, if we oppose, if we oppose that, that we're some kind of a Nazi or we're some kind of a bigot. You know, nobody wants to be a Nazi. You know, we, we love Jesus. We're supposed to love the world. You know, how can you spread the love of Jesus if you're a Nazi? You know, so what our solution to this is we just stand quiet. And through the church being quiet, and I'm not talking about the last decade. I'm not talking about the last you know, two decades, I'm talking over the course of 100 years. These so-called postmodernism worldview has infiltrated the church in such a way we don't even know it's here. So let me, let, let me give you an example of, of how it's infiltrated our schools or our colleges. So my son, my oldest son, Tony, he's a senior this year. Last year, he was, he's taking college classes, you know, the type thing he's trying to get, you, you know, I don't know, he's a lot smarter than I am, but um, he, uh, he was taking a philosophy class. I hope I even said that right. Um, he's taking this class, and he comes to me, he's like, Dad, he said, now, if you've, if, you've, if you've ever listened to my podcast, you've probably heard this story. If you don't listen to my podcast, you should. Real men, real men talk. Okay, anyways. Um, so he comes to me and he's like, hey, you've got, you've got to see this. So he pulls out his philosophy book and they're talking about gender, which is the first red flag that they're talking about gender. Anyways, they're trying to explain to him how gender is not identified at birth, okay? That it is a, how a person perceives their gender, so I went through and I explained to him what was wrong with this. I did, you know, my fatherly duty and I explained to him, you know, why it was wrong. But I just want us to see our, our children are being bombarded. They, it, is, it is in our schools. It is in our, I, I, I was telling my men's group, I don't know, maybe it was the end of last year. I feel like every time my kids come home, I have to re-educate them. I, you know, what did you learn today? What did you learn today that I have to correct? You know, nothing against our teachers, it's the curriculum. And it has, just as it has infiltrated our schools, has infiltrated the hearts of the believers. That's the reason why 
only 17% had a, a biblical worldview. And you say, this, won't, this, this can't happen to me. You know, I, I'm, at church, I'm at church on a Wednesday night. Let me tell you a story. Happened a couple weeks ago. So uh, the Sunday school class, they did a, um, the youth Sunday school class. They were going around, they were asking people why they believed the way that they believed. I don't know if you guys remember that, if maybe you were asked. Kudos to whoever sent them that way. That's, that's an excellent job. I don't know who was teaching that class at the time, but that's amazing. Good job. Um, but I, I had been working on a, an articulated reason why I believe in the Bible. I wanted it on paper. I figured if I was going to, to teach my men's class about it, I needed, I needed to be the first one to do it. So I had been working. So I think, it was, I think it was Faith Walters coming. She asked me, and I was so excited. I couldn't hardly stand myself. I'm like fumbling out my phone. I hadn't even had it memorized yet. I was, trying to, I was trying to get it up. I was like, oh, I, I got one. I got one. And uh, they're gonna put it up here on screen. There it is. So I told them, so before I get to this, I get home and I was telling my wife, Dusty, I was like, hey, I was like, this happened today. You know, and I was telling her, I was like, they, they asked me what I believe. She's like, well, what is it? I said, well, I believe in the Bible because it's a collection of 66 books by over 40 authors written over a span of 1,500 years that are made up of eyewitness accounts and prophetic accuracy. Prophecies that to date have been 100% accurate and eyewitness accounts that are historical by nature, but have spiritual implications with archeological finds to prove in its historical accuracies, such as finding the Sodom and Gomorrah and the Dead Sea Scrolls. And she looked at me, she's like, that's a mouthful. I was like, yeah, I was like, I understand. It is, it's a, it's a lot to take in, but it, there's, it barely skims the, the surface of what I really believe about the Bible, but it's, it, it's just a, a concentrated version you know, that the Bible is a historical book, not just a faith book. The, the, the things that are inside it are factual. They're, they are real. They really happen. They're not Bible stories. They're historical events, and they should be treated as, as such. And she goes, yeah, because that's the way that we believe. I'm like, no. I'm like, you don't understand. I'm like, the Bible is the best explanation to why the world is the way that it is today. It, it answers every question between science and history. You can look at astronomy. You can look at geology. You can look at uh, autonomy. It doesn't matter. The Bible has the answers for the science that backs it up. And she goes, yes, because that's the way that we believe. And I said, no. I'm like, you don't understand me. My beliefs do not alter truth. Okay, okay. What I deem as truth, as my belief, is subjective. The word of God is absolute truth. There is no other way around it. It is absolute truth. And now understand, my wife, she loves Jesus. She loves Jesus. She serves Jesus. She teaches her children to serve and love Jesus. She is a woman of God. What she didn't understand was that thought that that's the way that we believe is a postmodern thought. Okay, she didn't realize it was there. She, and she didn't, don't get me wrong, those things that have infiltrated our minds doesn't keep us out of heaven, but it can, it can lead to that. 
it can lead to a, a, a spineless gospel because if all truth is relative, then why should we implement, push our truth on anybody else? If their truth is just as true as our truth, what makes ours better, okay? And so, but if I'd have told, if I'd have told her, if I'd have told her that there's no such thing as real truth, if I'd have told her that all truth is relative, she would have told me that those statements were false. And she'd have been right. Those statements were false. But her, the thought that she had, because that's the way that we believe, is still a postmodern thought. And so I was, I was trying to explain that to her. And um, this is what has happened inside the church is we have been trained to be sympathetic with other religions and beliefs because we're taught that all truth is relative, that we shouldn't oppose our truth on somebody else because their truth is just as relevant as ours is, okay? Again, we don't wanna be called bigots. We don't wanna be called, you know, we're supposed to love everybody. And, and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about even condoning, I'm not talking about condoning issues such as abortion or homosexuality. I'm not talking about condoning those inside the church. And thank God, thank God we have a pastoral staff that are Bible preaching and, and, and preaches it like it is. Thank God for that. But there are many, many, many churches. Yes, yes, thank God for that. But there are many, many churches that do not believe that way, that are this quote unquote woke. And it's because if all truth is relative, people can do whatever they want. If it's just a mental construct, you could do whatever you want. And the thought process behind what makes them believe the way that they do is things like Postmodernism or deconstruction. Um, you know, there, there are people who live these lifestyles, who, who live a, a sinful lifestyle that truly believes that they are okay because they have bought into the lie that is, well, it's just that, it's a lie. But let me tell you today that there is absolute truth. And that absolute truth is the word of God, okay? Now, I know we all get, amen, we all like that statement, but I want to analyze, I want you to analyze yourself for a minute. I want you to think about that. Think about the, the encounters that you had. Think about the, the, the way that you perceive things. Do they coincide with the word of God? Because only the word of God is truth. And I'm getting ready to show it to you. Because what we, we need to understand is this, is that everything such as postmodernism, deconstruction, Marxism, secularism, all these isms, their sole purpose is to take away from the authority that is the word of God, okay? Yet the word of God is the only authority by which we should live. Revelations 
19, 11 through 13 says this. He said, and I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he set upon him and was called faithful and true. And in the righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as flame of fire and his head were many crowns. And he had a name no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse 23, it says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. John chapter one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him, nothing was made. In each one of these verses, we see a common similarity, word. And in every one of them, they all mean the exact same Greek word, logos. We see the word at the end in Revelation. We see that the word lives forever. And John 1 tells us that the word was in the beginning. That means that this is the most authoritative book we have on this planet. This was, had authority before it was ever pinned on paper. This had authority before man was ever created. This had authority before time itself began. Because this is the breathed word of God. This, everything in this thing points us to Jesus. It is our tangible Jesus. This is it. This is the most authoritative book that we will ever encounter. And it sits on our door, on our, in our bookshelves and collects dust. And we wonder why we have such a skewed perspective of reality. We wonder why we have such a, we have no authority over evil. Over the chaos that is, that is happening today. The chaos that is happening in our lives. We wonder why we don't have authority over it. Because we're not in the word. This is the most authoritative book you will ever encounter. And society. Set, well let me, let me put it this way. Satan has programmed society to take away from the authority of the word of God. In every way possible. Amen, absolutely. But we've allowed it. We've allowed it. We've set back. We have, we have, uh, we've been quiet for far too long. And I'm not just, I'm not talking about our church. I, I'm talking about the church as a whole. We, we, we have allowed it. We have been quiet for far too long. 
but know this, that we are coming to a time soon that things, if the Lord tarries, I hope he doesn't, but if the Lord tarries, things are going to get tough. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to take away from faith I'm not trying to take away from our experiences. All those are vitally important to a Christian. You need all of it. You need the, the, the authentic encounters with Jesus. You need the, 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 you cannot even please God without faith. I'm not trying to take away from any of those things. But if you do not have a head knowledge that this book is fat, what keeps you from believing in anything else? So, in closing, why why is our worldview so important? Because everything that we do, everything that we see, everything that, that we will ever think needs to be governed by the word of God. Because it is the authority which dictates our morality. Not not Congress, not the Senate, not the President. The Word of God dictates our morality. And we live in a time where we need a Christian. No, I don't even want to put it that way. We need a biblical, moral worldview like never before. And we should constantly, when we look, when we look through, when we view the world through the word of God, it should make us want to strive for truth, for holiness, for a closer encounter with Jesus in everything. Because when we view the world through the Bible, we understand what truth is and we understand where the authority lies. I know this is a prayer meeting. So tonight, and not just tonight, this is a prayer that you should check yourself often. We need to pray that if there are opposing worldviews we may not even know about, if there are opposing worldviews that are in us, God help us. Help us to see where those worldviews differ from the word of God and get them corrected. Let us see where our, our truth lies. Does, does our truth lie with the word of God? Because it's, if it's opposite of that, it's not truth at all. 17%. That means there's only about 17 people in here, statistically, that have an authentic worldview. You say, Anthony, we have a pretty good church. Okay? So I, I gave this survey to my men's group. had a 100% biblical worldview. 
That's in our church. This should weigh heavy on us, saints. This should weigh heavy on us. Because if we don't know what truth is, nothing the pastor preaches, nothing that, that, that no song that we listen to, none of it matters because it's all relative. I, I want to encourage you to find a spot and pray that the Lord shows you if there, are, if there is error in your worldview, that he will, he will bring it to light and that he will reveal truth to you because the truth is Jesus Christ. Let's pray.